This morning, as we uh, continue our theme for this year on the fact that it's time, this morning what we're looking at is that it's time to care and to show it. I actually originally titled it, It's Time to Care and Look Like It, but that seemed a little too confrontive, so I changed it. But the point is this, that if it's time to care, it's not enough to think that you care. It's not enough to put it on a bumper sticker or a t-shirt or post it online. We need to show that we care. The old phrase in ministry says that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And as those who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, it's time, in fact, it's overtime, to show that we care, just like Jesus did. So I invite you, if you have your Bibles or Bible on your devices or the Bible under the chair in front of you, we're taking a look in the New Testament, Luke chapter 10. This uh, story is known as the story of the Good Samaritan. It's really the story of the one who cared. And uh, I was awakened early one morning, Sunday during the night, Sunday night or Monday night, one of those two, I can't remember which. And I got up about 2.30 going, okay, too much going on in the mind. Get up and I started writing some stuff toward this message. And the interesting thing is what came to my mind as the Lord was impressing this message upon me was reminders of my mom. Not just because this is Mother's Day, but Unfortunately, none of you had the privilege of knowing my mom. And I say that in all sincerity. And as I was working on this sermon all week, I kept coming back to this thought. My mom was the perfect picture of this message. Um, she just cared for people. Not just her family. She really cared for us. In fact, one of my nephews in a conversation told me recently that in trying to describe my mom, his grandmother, to someone who had never met her, he said, she was the person I always felt like no matter what, no matter when, no matter where, I could just crawl up on her lap and she was going to make it feel better. Now, we can't do that for everybody. But we can do that for somebody. Now, a couple of you, the cynics, just went, no, they're not getting on my lap. Think of the symbolism rather than the literalness of that. And I want you to picture this. That God the Father has said, come on. See, some of you don't have that image and that picture of who God is. But he is the one who says, come on up, get on my lap. Tell me what's going on. And you don't really have to tell him because he already knows. And he can make a difference. 
Will the circumstances change? That's up to him, but you can change, even in your circumstances. And you can be the change for someone else. It's time to care and to show it. Luke chapter 10, beginning of verse 25, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, and behold, a, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test. And I, I just, just, now, any negative thoughts you have about lawyers, just dismiss those, okay? Um, I had a lawyer in one of my churches who told me, he said, you know, all those lawyer jokes that are out there, he said, only two of those are jokes. The rest of them are true. But behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Key phrase now, do this and you will live. But he desiring to justify himself. Anybody here ever tried to justify yourself? Anybody here not do that this week? <laughs> but he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, and who's my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bound his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, that's basically two days' wages, and gave to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, and here's the message. You go and do likewise. It's time to care and to show it. Now, you have to understand the import of this if you're not familiar with this. The Samaritans, for a Jew, the Samaritans were kind of forbidden people. They were not to associate with Samaritans, a good Jew, law-abiding, following the 600 and some rules of the Jewish culture. You, you didn't even talk to a Samaritan, let alone engage them or let them take care of you. So for Jesus to make the Samaritan the star of the story was pretty controversial. To prove his point that we're to care no matter who we are, to no matter who they are, no matter where we are, or when it is. It's always time to care. 
Now, we have to understand the command that's been given to us. We are commanded to love God and our neighbor. Verse 27. You know, Jesus had asked, what's written in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. In other words, we're to love God and love our neighbor wholeheartedly and intimately. We're to love him with everything that we have and we're to get close to those we love. We're to get close to those who have come across our path, to get in the vicinity of them, not to pass by. And you see, we've got to do this part first, love God wholeheartedly. Then we can take the next step, loving our neighbor as ourselves. It starts in our relationship with God and then following him. But to care and to show that we care there's a few things we must do. The first is see the person. We need to see them. Just like Jesus with the woman at the well, he let her know, I see you, as he called out her name. We're to see the person. And I want you to notice the one familiar thing from the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan. Beginning of verse 31, by chance a priest was going down the road and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. All three of them saw him. So there's a lot more we need to do besides seeing them, but it starts with making sure we see them. In fact, I believe that the priest and the Levite both saw the need. This guy's in trouble. They saw the situation, but they didn't really see the person. They saw someone in need, but they didn't see who was in need. The Samaritans saw the person and the need. There's an awful lot of people who walk around every day in fear that nobody sees them. Or even worse, that they see them but don't care. It's what keeps a lot of people from church. Because they're afraid they're going to walk in and nobody notices. Shame on us, sometimes that happens. We're to see them. We've got to see that person. There was a TV show, one episode where one of the main characters had been set up on a blind date and the blind date didn't show. And so sat there for a couple hours. He was either stubborn or really hungry. And each of the people in the restaurant would come by and they knew he was waiting for a blind date because he said, if somebody comes in such and such and looking, you know, here I am. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. Do you, do you think she walked in, saw you, and left? There are like three people who did that to me. He goes, well, I didn't till now. <laughs> That's a real issue for people. They're afraid we're going to see them. And then, like the priest and the Levite, pass around to the other side. We need to see people. 
that are around us. Secondly, if we're going to care and show that we care, we must have compassion. That's what the Samaritan, verse 33, but the Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion. We need to have compassion. To have compassion means to feel the need, not just see the need. We got to start there, but compassion is to feel it. In fact, in some passages in Scripture, when it talks about Jesus having compassion on the people, the literal description is he felt it in his gut. One of those things that just hits you, that you can't get away from. Compassion, we need to feel the need. And then when we feel the need, we need to care for the person and if possible, the need. Now, some of us are more task-oriented than others, and some of us are more people-oriented than task-oriented. We need to combine this, and we need to work together because we need to see the person and the need and then meet it. We need to see the need and see the person in the need, not just to check it off the list because we've done a good deed, but rather... To see them, have compassion on them, just like Jesus did. They saw the person, all three of them, but they didn't really see him, two of them. Because once they saw the need, they were more concerned about the need and how it was going to disrupt their schedule and their life than anything else. For you see, the priest and the Levite, if they were headed to do what they would normally be doing according to their rituals and their customs, if they went to help this guy, they wouldn't have been able to then go and do what they had planned to do. Because by Jewish law, they would have, have been unclean for a while. The Samaritan was like, you know, where I was headed is not as important as this person and their need. I'm all for keeping schedules. I'm all for being on time. In fact, it's sometimes a fault. I mean, I grew up that way. My parents, to be on time was to be 15 minutes early at least. To be late meant you were one minute early. It was instilled in me early on. But if I'm more concerned about keeping my schedule than I am about the person in front of me, I'm wrong. We need to see the person, have compassion. And third, you need to give of yourself and often your resources. Verse 34 and 35, it says, He went to him, bound up his wounds... Then he set him on his own animal, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. He didn't just drop him off and hand the money. He took care of him. Then he went on. He gave of his time. He gave of his schedule. He gave of some of his own supplies and resources as well as his money. We need to give of ourselves and our resources. And it may cost some money. 
You go, I don't have any extra. I get it. Then you can't give it, but you can give of yourself. You can give of your time. You can give of your knowledge. You can give of your prayers. Because it's going to cost some time and effort. And that's also giving. We need to live generously like Jesus did. Generous with his love. Generous with his compassion. Generous with his time. Generous with his abilities. Whatever our abilities may be. I've told the story before about Elizabeth. The very first church where I was a lead pastor and we got you know, nursery going and Elizabeth wanted to serve in the nursery. And I said, thanks, Elizabeth, but no. I mean, at that point, Elizabeth was 84, shook quite a bit, couldn't stand. I'm like, we can't, I mean, she's going to kill one of the babies. You know, I mean, she's going to drop them on their head and we're going to get sued. And there's my men. I mean, all those thoughts went through my mind. But she kept asking, and finally, somebody else who was in the nursery said, have her come in with me, you know, I can do it in this way. And she went in, and after that Sunday, they came out and said, put Elizabeth on the schedule with me every time. I said, why? I said, the babies were all calm. And if one of them started to fuss, just handed it to Elizabeth while she sat in the rocking chair, and the kid immediately went calm. That word spread and everybody said, please schedule Elizabeth with me. <laughs> you know what was interesting? So I kept track of that church. She continued to serve in there till she was over 94 years old and had to be helped into the nursery and into the chair. What's your excuse? Sorry. <laughs> but if we're going to care and show it, we got to give something of ourselves. In whatever our ability it could be. See, I didn't think Elizabeth had any ability. I didn't know what God was doing in her. And I asked her forgiveness and God's after that. What's God asking you to do? Who's he asking you to care for? You see, if we're going to care and really show it, then we must show mercy. This gets dismissed too much in this story. Verse 36 and 37, Jesus asked, which of these three do you think was a neighbor who proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? Notice that word proved. In other words, he showed that he was a neighbor, that he cared. He didn't just say it. He showed it. He didn't just pray about it, though prayer is powerful and important. And sometimes that's all we can do. But most of the time, we can pray and then do. Or pray and then give so someone else can do. You look at those two verses. Because in verse 37, the man who started the process of asking Jesus the question said, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said, you go and do likewise. It's time to care and show that we care. Bob Goff's first book. If you've never read any stuff of Bob Goff, you need to. Awesome stuff. You ever get to listen to him? It's even awesomer. And I know that's not good grammar, but it's true. His first book was entitled, Love Does. 
Because his thing was, too often we talk and sing and write about it, but we don't do it. And he said, everything I saw of Jesus, he showed his love by doing something for people. Love does. See, to show mercy first, you need to speak to them lovingly. That doesn't mean we don't ever confront when needed. But it needs to be done in love, with compassion. We need to speak to them. Secondly, we need to listen to them. Some people don't have anybody who's listening. That's really hard for us, isn't it? To listen. Especially to listen without forming our next statement while they're talking. Right? They're starting to say it and we're going, okay, here's what I'm going to tell them because here's how they can fix this. Husbands and wives do that to each other. And by the way, how's that working for you? To listen to them, to their heart, to their need. Some people just need to say it to somebody because they haven't felt seen or heard in a long time. We were the first church that I pastored where Elizabeth was. We uh, built a new building, relocated, and going back and forth to that building project every day for the months that it was going on. There was a, a gas station convenience store between our house and the new property. And most mornings I stopped in there and got God's fuel, coffee. And uh, same lady usually was working. And so got to know who she was, knew her name and stuff. And I'd pop in, just nothing more. And finally she's like, what are you doing? Well, you know, pastor of this church. We're oh, I wondered who was doing that. And every day as I would talk to her, I would also say, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. She would go on. Well, one day, as I'm in a hurry, got my coffee, walked up, paid. And I didn't say, how are you doing? But she started to tell me. And I was doing this on my way out. Turned around. Said, say that again. Now, I'm not saying that because I do well at this, because I often stink at it. But that time, I heard her. I couldn't believe what she was telling me. I also, when I thought about it later, God kept every customer out of there for the next 15 minutes while she talked and I prayed with her. We got some people around us who just want to be heard. They're hurting, but they haven't even been able to tell anybody because nobody's listening. So we need to speak to them. We need to listen to them and we need to love them because love does. Love, and, love them in action. Does that mean pray with them and for them? Sure, quite often does. Does that mean helping them? When we're able to, yes, and we're probably able to more than we confess that we are. To love them. See, it's better to care for someone than to share knowledge. My challenge to you is to be someone who shows that you care. 
And if I ask the question and say, do you care? And you give me the answer, just realize the next statement back might be, so how are you showing it? See, Jesus' last phrase is really the whole message. Oh, I know I took 25 minutes to tell you this one phrase. For Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So my declaration to you and to me this morning is it's time that you go and do likewise. It's time that I go and do likewise. Because we got people all around us who need to be seen, who need to be heard, who need to be loved, who need to be cared for. And Jesus has shown us how and given us the ability. So it's time to go and do likewise. Jesus, thank you for loving us the way you do and for showing us how to love and care for others. Lord, help us to be more like the Samaritan than the priest or the Levite. Help us to not just see the need, but to see the person in the need. Help us to care and to show that we care in some way. And Lord, we're praying and depending on you to show us how. But Lord, help us to drop our excuses and just care. Help us to let people know we care. Help us to let them know we see them. Help us to just say hi and introduce ourselves. Lord, whatever it is, help us to pause and care. Father, as we go this week, I pray and plead that we and me will do likewise to those that come across our path and those that we see. Lord, I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.